Go. Oh my god. <laughs> That's the bass line. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Totally, yeah. And then the then the the TBO three will come in, and it'll do a little like boom 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 and Matt DeVore. My name is Maple. Sometimes people call me Maplex Monk. This is Philosophical Grandeur, and we're sitting down today at Matt's place, obviously. Yeah, this is my my place for the next week or so. Humble abode. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You're about to move on. Yeah. I, you mentioned that earlier. Where are you moving on to? Do you know yet? Um, Matt and I are going to get a place eventually. That's the idea. Then it'll be Matt squared, we'll Matt be cubed. Matt cubed. Well, taking a step from that, we actually just landed some LLC status with this company we've been working for. Uh, Louisville is talented. Yeah. And and there's tell no- me the story of that. Like, how did oh it come about? Goodness. Can I can I start with the yeah, genesis? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. It all started with the lift ride. <laughs> you know, I'm perusing down Goss Avenue, and um, the lift ping comes on, and I go to Monic Brewery, and I pick up kind of our. Um, Spearhead, financier, the person who's financing the whole business endeavor, um, and Austin Montgomery. And turns out that she was, or it rather is, a comedian in the Louisville scene, just started. Um, she confided in me that she started dating this one other comedian named Tim Northern. I know that dude. Yeah, he's yeah, a, he's pretty pretty big. Pretty he's hilarious. hilarious too. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's really hilarious. funny. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And um, we just sort of ta- started talking about um, house shows and the comedy scene in Louisville. Very and, cool. And um, one thing led to another. We're sitting in her house talking about our first kind of comedy show. Sort of what can we put forth? To the table, and she was very impressed with with what we had to offer and sort of the ideals that we came up with. And like the idea of like elevating it, like by making yeah, it promoting like, it, making it Louisville is talented, being all inclusive. Yeah. Um, there's three branches, but the one we do is more all inclusive. We wanna we wanna focus on like yeah. arts and all aspects, like um, poetry. Uh, music, comedy, one, one comedy, of the comedy, video, um, videography. Um, just anyone in Louisville who has interesting creative ideas and feels like they can make some kind Artists. of product, yeah. we want to like book them, promote them. Louisville's um, talented. That's talent. 
get them. That sounds like a good slogan. I like it. Yeah. Get people interested and excited for it. Get people excited. That's what it's all about, man. Yeah, attracting people to something. Yeah, showing them that exciting things are happening. Yeah, and they can be a part of it. Definitely, definitely. I like it, man. So, how did like how did you get from you know that point to where you are now? Like, what what has happened in the meantime? We just started our um, first premiere performance at the Red Herring Open Mic Comedy. Where's that? It is on Frankfurt Avenue, right next to the Silver Dollar. Okay. Yeah. It's uh, it was it was really fun. It was so much fun. I mean, it, it's a, it's an old theater, so of course, like the acoustics are going to be great. Um, Tim Northern added the lights. Cool. Um, we kind of made it a comedy scene, and we actually seen a lot of comedians come to the stage. Yeah. Um, just like all the other arts, it's kind of cliquish. Everyone has their kind of like comedy troupe, is what mm-hmm. I would deem necessary to that. And, um, but it was just really diverse. Very diverse. Those. We had people from Indiana come over, people from Germantown. It's all Frankfurt Avenue, and there's not a lot of things going on in Frankfurt Avenue. You can eat there. And it's since it's an open mic, hopefully it'll just be constantly changing. Like constantly. you'll always see like new people, yeah. maybe some of the same people. But so when did you start doing this? Um, January seventeenth. Yeah. So Monday. Fifteenth. January fifteenth. Yeah. January fifteenth. 2018. Nice. So it just started. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be every Monday from now on. So. I will have to go to please at yeah. least one It's of great. Them. It's and anyone listening to the podcast, you are invited. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to the red herring. And and I'm just like up there like cracking up the whole time. I yeah. literally <laughs> cannot control myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they used to do one at the Silver Dollar. Like Yeah, they did. They used to, yeah. They used to. And mm. and I met a bunch of comedians who are probably, you know, some of the people you guys are meeting. Who, who like, are you familiar uh, with? Um, Jax Howie works with me at my day job. Oh, yeah. And Kate Sedgwick, and mm-hmm. I feel like there was somebody else, but those are the two that I remember right oh, now. Yeah. Um, and so they were kind of my, like, introduction to a lot of those people. Definitely, and they're hilarious. Um, that's kind of where we started Yeah. Um, before we got intertwined with... And Austin and Louisville's Talented is with Jax Howie's house yeah, shows. the house shows were amazing, weren't they? Man, you talk about underground. <laughs> it was underground. literally under the ground. <laughs> and they have, they have, they have had other house shows at other people's houses. They have. Um, I, I don't think I've been to any of them, and I feel kind of bad about that. I definitely want to go to more. I mean, I haven't not gone just you know out of spite or anything like that. But sure, you know, sure. the housey show was so amazing. Like I, I went to the. First one, I'm pretty sure, one of the first ones, and it was kind of like small, but like there, were, you know, there were plenty of people there, and it oh, just yeah. grew. Like oh, every yeah. time I went to one, it was just bigger and more people, and so awesome, like so much fun. People from out For of town sure, are yeah. coming through, and they're going like play like big <laughs> L- shows yeah, at places, LA and then afterward, you know, they're yeah, coming man. to this house yeah. and like I bought going some down dude's CD. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's so cool. Some man. random dude that was playing a show in this basement, and it, it was pretty fun. It's always nice to support local bands. Speaking of which, uh, everybody listen to Girlwood. They're awesome. Girlwood? Girlwood, G-R-R-L, Wood. Saw them at the Magbar. <laughs> I'll <laughs> check that out. Can't, can't um, say good enough things about them. I'm sad I missed them. I missed them on New Year's Eve. I had a, oh, man. I had a piano gig at the Marketplace on 4th. So. Well, that sounds cool. A lot of people in Mobile are talking about them as being like the, the cool new like band. Just two, two girls, yeah. And they like kill it every time, apparently. <laughs> when are they playing again? Do you know? I don't know. 
I just I bought their CD though, and they were all like handmade, like custom, like nice. cool little things. Nice. It was, I don't know. Like, there's so many talented people in Louisville, and we just want to like work and, with all of them. Right, right, <laughs> and that that segues back into the Louisville is talented. Yeah, for sure. Portion to it where it's like, yeah. Why don't we showcase some of these people? It's not that the content's not out there. It's not that we yeah. don't have creative people. It's about producing that mm-hmm. and, and making their art a reality. Mm-hmm. Right. And putting it in front of people and, you know. Right. Promote it. Get them a few shows. Make, make them network. I guess network for them. Make them network. Are you trying to, them. like, build events or, like, work on events oh, with yeah. people? Um, like, um, we would like to just be... Like, for musicians, I would like to help them book. Like, because, like, I mean, everybody who, who's, like, doing something artistic is has a day job, too, because it usually doesn't pay. And the idea is, right. like, we would like to help them learn how to make it pay. Right. And so we would, like, facilitate, like, booking art shows and gallery shows and, um, like, gigs, like... Um, promote them through the, through our website, um, promote them through, like, maybe... I know if, I know a couple of people who work at WXOX, you know, like just like what is your website? Um, our, we we don't have it yet. It's, it's, it's this company literally has just formed like last week, mm-hmm. so we will have a website soon okay. for Louisville is talented. Yeah, okay, but where it's in the works. It's nice. definitely in the works. <laughs> this, is a, this is a hot fresh. Um, we literally the LLC was was signed two days. like yeah yeah. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't. I didn't realize. Like, I got your text about you know all this stuff coming together, and I was like super excited. Yeah, man. I just wanted to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I'm so psyched. Like, I I feel like I know so many people that are actively working on things mm-hmm. and have great ideas about what's going on in the world and like what we can do like to make it a better place. Yeah. And, stuff. Yeah. and and Louisville's primed for that environment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it starts yeah. with the arts. I mean, a city without an orchestra is kind of a lackluster city. Um, our city fought for the Louisville Orchestra, and that kind of uh, chain chain reacted events yeah. that caused Louisville to be weird. I mean, you see the bumper bumper stickers keep Louisville weird. Yeah, and not saying that art is weird, but it, it you need a certain level of eccentricity, right? Right. In order to accomplish certain artistic things, I think. But more than anything, like, realistically and financially, the arts need patrons. Definitely, and, like, for sure. And totally historically, that's been the case. And the only way you can get patrons for your art is to um, spread awareness of it. And right. that's what we want Marketing, to essentially, I guess. A lot of marketing is what we're, like, going to be getting into, yeah. So it's, it's kind of new for us. We want to, like, really, like... Just become like Renaissance men, make music, market music, promote Paint music. That sounds like the life, man. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For sure. That's sounds- that's one definition of the American dream. How do you plan on bringing in money for artists that you are promoting? Like, are, do you do you want to directly bring in money, or do you want to get their merchandise to sell and bring in money for them in that way like are are you looking at grants or are you thinking about um what what kind of stuff it would always be nice to have a grant Mm -hmm. it's always nice to have some kind of like big patron like supporting your business but big um, brother but the the government (laughs) we could do that too but Uh, uh, well like patreon is something that i hear a lot of people using lately well that that's the thing is like we would um, help 
a lot of like musicians set up like stuff like that and people who make video content they they video people who make youtube content definitely need patreon and and people treat patreon like it's a uh, like it's a subscription service but it's it's kind of not it's kind of it's kind of like patronage like in the old sense like where you 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 literally love a thing and so you support it right um and and that's kind of like the model that I think the the, the whole internet is going to like yeah. all content like Bandcamp works on the same kind of format like Bandcamp works on the same format but it's it also has kind of a like a uh, guilt you into buying something <laughs> that you appreciate sort of thing. Yeah. it's like pay what you want you know pay what you feel is right, right. to pay yeah. for this I always said it at like a like for 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 our stuff, we just set it at a dollar and let people pay what they want. Yeah. Is like, um, you'd be surprised. A lot of people do actually, yeah, pay more than a dollar. It's kind of like incentivized, yeah. but allowing people to patron, you know, patronage things for sure at the level that they really want to. You know, it's kind of like giving them a push in that direction, but yeah. you know, just it's really just giving them the option to do that. Right. Like if people have the option and they want to support something, they're gonna do it. Yeah, and you just have to make like an album that really speaks to someone, and then they'll, and then they'll buy it once, and then they'll be like, and then they'll listen to it a hundred times and be like, wow, and then buy it again for like a little bit more. <laughs> That's the idea. And buy another, another copy and give it to their friend, right? Yeah, and then spend a little bit more because they it's me it's come to mean so much to them. Now, as far as local musicians and trying to generate revenue outside of the internet scape because internet is is infinite with possibilities there's ad revenue that you can um, calculate into the equation but as getting musicians out to venues getting them into these clubs to where they can showcase their music where they can sort of breathe as musicians and 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 do their art and generally for the most part most venues do pay their artists they do pay their performers and entertainers the the kind of fluctuating jazz band that's at knock bar um, I, I hope they get paid <laughs> oh they get paid they get paid and it's like the smallest scenario i mean you see big bars in louisville like zanzibar they just renovated their venue space and it's immaculate it's beautiful i guarantee you they pay all their people who perform decently and Magbar just invested into their entertainment spot. So you're starting to see this movement where businesses are providing infrastructure for those artists. So it's, it's about connecting the artists to the venue and having you perform. And and in some cases, yeah, you, you might encounter a studio musician who like, you know, I don't really want to perform. And then you, you kind of go through that, through that Avenue, but and, and well, per, per, yeah. performance is only one aspect of of this. Right, there's kind of, a multiple um, aspect. I, w- I would I would say, things. I would say performance is one one big aspect, and the and the other big aspect is pr- uh, producing a product. Right. And when you and it, it's kind of cynical to call you know art a product, but realistically we have to. Mm-hmm. Say I think it's just it's world just like and, modern terminology mm-hmm. and. You know, it's it's you know it can be frustrating in the same way that you know you look at you know like some of these ancient philosophy texts that that we were talking about earlier. 
And the terminology in those, is, you know, can be difficult to understand based on our modern understanding of, of words and, and phrases. You know, you look at some of that and, and, and you have to become accustomed to the way that they speak before right. you can really, exactly. like, delve into it. And that ancient, like, way of talking about things yeah. is so different from what we do. You're right. I'm a, big, I'm a history major, so we talked <laughs> talk a lot about history. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've really enjoyed some of our conversations about Buddha and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, um, like creating a product, um, so, so, so financially, like, like the way, like we're thinking is like, you know, we would charge a percentage to, of the, of the, um, the take of an artist at a show, like a small, really, (laughs) or we would just book them for free. What's what's your perspective, Matt? We don't know. We're gonna we're gonna hire it out. Like that's the idea. <laughs> like, like we have details we, pending. Details pending. Nothing but like, in the stone. Because I mean, when we're, we're talking about right, a lot of stuff. But right. I mean, I think that because we want to. I mean, like our business has to make money, and the artist has to make some money. That's right. that's the goal. <clears throat> I mean, it seems to be a win-win situation, and. Um, there's methods through the And internet. if we're not helping them and facilitating them to make money, then we shouldn't be making money either. Right. We're not we're <laughs> not the big record labels. But I mean there's some services online that uh, send artist material through the the corporate chain of Spotify, Pandora. But th- there's a lot of different models is what we're getting right, at. Like, right. It depends on like the situation and the gig and what we're doing, whether it's a product, whether it's a gig, that kind of thing. Definitely, definitely. And that's that's all to be determined, too, because ideally it would be a percentage of it. Like, we are calling these venues for you. We are recording your music. You are the artist, yes. But we're- you're not traditional management. Correct. So... Like uh, starting from management as like a baseline, where are you building to from that? You know, what's the full picture that you're trying to accomplish okay. as far okay. as like you've determined it to this point? Sure, sure. Um, the full picture, honestly, is a, a full blown media studio in the heart of Nulu where there's. Yeah, like something like what you'd see, like with like, uh, what's the big YouTube one? Um, Marcus Brownie? No, um, uh, it's got like a kind of generic name. College Humor? No, it's, it's like it's like a big umbrella company that owns like a ton of channels. Vivo? Well, Vivo is a good example of one. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. But but they're but they're but they'll own like um, a different a million different types of content creators and um, they're just kind of this umbrella company that like funds media projects essentially. And we would be the company in Louisville doing those media projects. <clears throat> one thing we want to delve into is providing commercials for local businesses has been brought on the table and you know we're responsible for uh the music behind the scenes we got tim northern on script and then we have a videographer timothy morton it's kind of hard to differentiate the tims but (laughs) director lots of tims lots of mats right (laughs) tims and mats that's all we have and directors are to be determined, I think. I think everybody yeah. wants to take their own little stab at yeah, directing definitely, something. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And that's, that's <laughs> the beautiful thing that um, has evolved with technology. Uh, you can kind of do precisely what you want. Mm-hmm. You can, if you want to make a crazy, outrageous trap video on a train track, the right. only thing stopping you is getting a camera 
and and laying it over. I mean, it's products. It's Adobe. Anyone could do it. Anyone has the accessibility to make that happen. So right. we're you trying just have to have the drive. <laughs> exactly. And the you ambition. guys, you guys seem like you have some ambition Definitely. in a lot of those areas. Definitely. Produce the Louisville music scene. I mean, that it's such a shame that like not a lot of mu- Louisville musicians get heard, and they're so talented. They've yeah. got so much energy. Every now and then you'll want to break out, and it's just like every so now weird, then, though. Every now and then. Your mind Do you think it's jacket. like that everywhere, though? Um, no. Um, no. I think there's, like, no. there's huge, like, giant um, cities where, like, um, artists just, like, just spring out constantly, like Chicago and New York. New York and right, LA but aren't, and, you know, aren't there, like, thousands or millions of other people who are not making it in those places? Of course. Yeah, of yeah. Course. But, but, but how is it that all of the really big artists seem, seem to be working in these in these few places and and, we're, and, that, and, that, and that that's something we're kind of philosophically analyzing sure. in, our, in our business meetings and right. trying to figure out how to make Louisville into and as successful as like a New York or Chicago right. or something like that. Well, I think and I you know, I don't mean to take away from the validity of your conversation, but I think that a part a part of it is just a numbers game. Like, you that know, there are yeah. exponentially more people in New York than there are in Louisville. But then you got like Austin, where it's like, it's not like I don't know what the I don't know what the population is. I know I know Louisville's twenty ninth in the nation. I think twenty six something. Like I know that. we passed like a million people yeah, in Louisville our metro. Louisville metro area. Yeah, it's it's pretty big city. Um, for 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 America. <laughs> I mean, for America. <laughs> I mean, you go to China and like every city's a big city. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. But um, I, I think that um, I I just think that. You know, like I know, I know of like maybe like five culturally significant bands that have come out of Louisville, and that's kind of sad when you think of like Detroit, which is like kind of like just on the rocks. But you think about the history of the music there, and it's just like you, you could name a, hun- a hundred bands that are culturally significant that came from Detroit. What do you think the core, the core reason is that more Louisville people have not gotten to that level? Um, it hasn't been done yet. I think it's because um, it's because people don't think of Louisville. There hasn't been that thing yet that put it on the map like the Sun, like Sun Records did for Memphis mm. or like the Smashing Pumpkins did for like – like Chicago, I, I don't know. Like when I think of like bands that came out of Chicago, I always think of Billy Corgan. Um, uh, I'm trying to think. Like it's just like I don't know. Like, like when I think of big bands in Louisville, I think of like Slint, and they're they're interesting because they're um, they were like pioneering math rock. So you're always getting like I know I feel like there are musicians in Louisville who are pioneering like genre, pioneering like interesting ways of doing things that are new and they're just not being heard. Girlwood was a perfect example. I just that's why I mentioned them. Like I, I, every time I go to a show I hear something new that I like that I think the world should hear. I one thing I really enjoy about the podcast I'm doing right now is that I I've had multiple podcasts where 
the people I'm talking to have mentioned multiple groups that are in Louisville that I have never heard of. Mm-hmm. It's great. And, you know, it's also said, you know, that I guess, you know, I don't know about them already, but I think that it's awesome that we can, you know, be a part of getting some of these groups out there. Like even just mentioning Girlwood, like that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. I'll definitely look that up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I think that, um, I think that that's, that's our goal. Like, because we want to take Louisville's talented, make it profitable, make it profitable for artists, take that, funnel it back into the actual, like, lo- like physical logistics of, like, producing, like, a product, like, building a record studio. We have a lot of equipment already. We have probably enough to record. Um, we definitely like have enough to record. We have, we, we, we have, we have <laughs> we enough to record. We definitely have enough to record. Um, I mean, we couldn't record an orchestra. No, we could not. Um, but we could record, like, any band. And we have. We've you know. uh, recorded one female vocalist in Louisville, Trinice Hughes. Yeah. Um, we're working on a Christmas album for next year. Yeah, that was I'm a lot sure, of fun. I'm sure even if you didn't have all the equipment, you would know what to rent in order to yeah, do mics, larger. Yeah, mic stands. Um, fortunately for us, we have a decent audio interface. We've got software to run that on. Yeah. It's the whole, like, independent studio I know how to mic things right (laughs) (laughs) which is like a a bit of a skill yeah and if it needs help Google's just a step away there's plenty of helpful there's so many helpful articles what positions to mic the drums at what gets the best resonating sound right and um, constantly syncing that yeah and and a lot of musicians are interested in the the process of recording and know a lot of that themselves Mm -hmm. and will like have input and that's really interesting when that happens yeah um, because yeah. like you can bounce ideas off someone instead of Definitely. just like bringing them into a space mm-hmm. and recording, especially them now because we have all these all this technology available. So you know, it, most people by the time they come to somebody who has a production studio have already at least recorded some demos, like you recorded. Know. And I mean, when I talked to the lead singer of Girlwood, she said she recorded um, the demo that I bought like in her living room with like two mics and like one take. That's and awesome. That's it's fun. Yeah, like. But, like, I listened to that album and I was like, man, I could make this sound, like, so much. Yeah. I could make this album pop so much. Right. And I just instantly wanted to, like, record them. <laughs> Do you reach out to people like that? And I'm offer? going I'm gonna reach out to everyone I can. Like, if they're not interested, they're not interested. That's fine. Sure. And, that, I mean, that's the way to build your portfolio and, you For know. For sure. Build visibility. If you're, if you're putting out content on a regular basis, I think that that's... Honestly, more important than even putting out quality content in a lot of mm-hmm. cases, and that's kind of sad. Like that just has to do with you know people's attention span <laughs> in a lot of cases. Right, right. But if you're doing both, you know, if you're putting out quality content and on a regular basis putting out something for people to see and like experience, you know, that's how you that's how you grow. That's how you build into something that people really can be a part of. Exactly. Right. Well, um, our record label is called Infinite Sync Studios. Nice. Nice. <laughs> uh, ISS. Uh, Should have thought about that. <laughs> but um, it's uh, we have two albums on there. Uh, Matthew Devore's first solo EP, um, which he can talk about if he wants to. Sure, go ahead. Um, that is that is the song on the list. Um, that's the ambient song. So, what's your professional name? Matthew Devore. Of course. What, what is your um, electronic music alias? <coughs> Devois. Okay. That's what I was that's what I was going for. D apostrophe V W A H. Nice. Um, <laughs> it's kinda 
goes back to a crazy old college story. Um, of course, colleagues drinking on a balcony, and, and one of my friends comes up and goes, Matthew, Devois, and then another person echoed Devois in a, a very <laughs> dramatic way. And then everyone at once said Devois, and I was like, how can I use this name? How can I use this name? And... Um, I've so you were dubbed, basically. A little at, bit. At the party. A little bit. I feel like the best names are given. Yeah. Not necessarily created. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. It is kind of the French enunciation of my last name, Devore Devois. Yeah. Um, and it's also on my email. So it, it has is very unique. It has yeah. multiple levels. It's like an onion. It is. It is. <laughs> or an ogre. <laughs> <laughs> It is, and um, interesting enough, when written in Arabic, which is this is uh, around the time when the album was conceptualized. Um, when they wrote it in Arabic? No, I, I wrote up Devois in Arabic. Oh, okay. It's a beautiful language. I learned the script over a summer and thoroughly enjoyed it. It was artistic in its own you have to show me that. way. It's for sure, cool. for sure, we'll do. And it's on the album cover, faintly on the side. Nice. Um, so I spelled it out phonetically like an American would. D va. And I liked the way it looked, and I was like, okay, okay, I can use this. I can use this. Mm-hmm. And, and it just, it just kind of settled with me. Kind of accepted it. It's a last name. A lot of people can latch on to it. And the Arabic theme goes uh, through the whole album. Every track has uh, its yeah. name in, in uh, English and Arabic. Cool. Yeah. I and, like it. And the. Uh, the title itself, Anomaly, is spelled phonetically. Mm. So I learned in class that certain restaurants were spelled American, the, the American way. Like English. English. We're speaking American. It's <laughs> <laughs> Trump's American. I'm just kidding. No. Just kidding. So the, the song that you were going to talk about was Breathless, is that right? Breathless, yes. Yes, this is, um, I did this in one take. It was one of those nights where I couldn't fall asleep. Um, <laughs> very anxious to get started, finish something. You know, the album's in the back of my head. I'm going to get more tracks out there. I'm pressured to conform to something that I necessarily wasn't feeling. I, you know, I was feeling the pressures of life. And and the song came out of this pit of darkness. Um, as soon as I started playing with it, I think I just got my audio interface to like this regular M audio, kind of just tinker around with it with some of the samples. And it came out of me. And at the beginning, you're going to hear a lot of deep sounds because it, it, it almost reflects the smoke and mirrors, but it like settles the ground of kind of where it leaves you at in the track. And um, Would you like to elaborate on that? Yes, I would love to elaborate <laughs> on that. Um, it's, it's kind of a sustain. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I copied the weekend a little bit. So on the opening track, it's um, like this low, deep bass, like, boop. Nice. Boop. And then in, in this track, Breathless, it's more subdued. So it's in the distance. I had a, a few kind of glitchy electronic sounds, um, a choir, and I guess uh, a marimba, xylophone, some mallet instrument. It was like icicles or something on on the recording processor, but I love the sound of it. 
And it kind of speeds up, it speeds up, it, bu- it builds up this tension, and then all of a sudden, it resolves. <laughs> and it's It's slow. intriguing to, to hear you describe it. Yeah. Yes, um, I'd love for you to hear it. Well, can, can you guys do a beatbox version of it right now? Well, no. We're going to listen to it right now. <laughs> we're going to listen to it right now. Um, it's a pretty pretty deep one. So I, your audience will get a chance to hear what we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably cut out this version of it and put an even better version of it, the final version. Definitely. Okay, so there's a wind instrument in it. So at this point in my life, I had just recently got engaged, and time was moving really quick. In a year, I was uh, seeing marriage, kids in the future, um, like things were just taking off really, really quick, and I felt like there was a lot of pressures going against uh, the musical dream. I mean, I got a degree in music, I wanted to produce a studio, we've been talking about this for years, <laughs> and... It's finally happening. And that kind of perpetuating it's like speeding up. And this is kind of how I felt at that time. I was I couldn't go to sleep because I was so... And that was improvised, wasn't it? Yeah, that was all improvised. Again, one take. The whole entire thing, I was like, all right, that sounded great. I'm going to add another layer. Sounded great. Add another layer. And that was it. I never touched it. It truly reflected how I felt. And then coming out of that engagement, once that time pulls off, it like it retards down to kind of just a slow meandering. And mm-hmm. there's there's purposely pause right there. 
because in my life something kind of brand new happened and you'll see you, you it, the harmony of the next section kind of reflects how that happens like it, it does not sound like that it's using similar instruments or it is the same instrument but the the, the mode has changed completely and that's where I feel like I'm in my life it, it left me breathless such a instance of time just pulling back and how time was going so quick and just slowed way the fuck down mm-hmm. so far oh my god <laughs> it, it time does not even fucking matter to me right now <laughs> it is not it, it moves so slow mm-hmm. and it's weird c- coming from like a retrospective perspective whoa time was moving way quick you know i'm 26 i'm about to turn 26 my birthday's coming up on january 20 i'm mm-hmm. i'm young i'm young and the just like speed up life all of a sudden was was crazy and then when it slowed down it was just it was kind of a nice alleviation yeah which mm-hmm. is the last um track to my album and i hate to write a or a breakup album it's such <laughs> no. a juvenile thing to do but once no. i once i finished up the things and started, everyone does it every, yeah it's very everyone true does. Just think of it as like a transition album i've done yeah, it like five times definitely <laughs> it was nice like trans- five transitions. I yeah. have five breakup albums. <laughs> so when I was going to title these albums, <clears throat> they were just kind of arbitrary, whatever came to mind. And then once the disengagement happened, they all kind of like lined up, and they were the phases that I was filling. Mm-hmm. First one, smoke and mirrors. Everything's alright, but not really. Um, the next one's breathless, or no, the next one's glitch. Glitch in the Matrix just happened. Yeah. Next one's breathless. Leaves you breathless. Projection, projecting your feelings upon other people and kind of like the raw energy that comes with that, but also how it's unnecessary and overbearing. Yes, very much so. And then alleviation, because once, once everything comes out, You've got no other option but to alleviate the pain. Once it comes, it goes. It's You let it go. You just let it go. And it feels so amazing to not be in the the same place that I was when I was breathless Mm -hmm. or when I was projecting those feelings. (laughs) It's always these little minute steps forward that... Can I say something about breathless? Yeah, go for it. Um, I think that... Because um, because it's it's a really interesting example of the mu- of a different type of music than what's on the label usually, because like all of our stuff, um, our stuff as a band, my stuff solo, the rest of his stuff is uh, based upon like loops, and um, breathless since it's improvised, it's it's able to like change like tempo and it's not confined to like it's a, very rubato. It, it it doesn't very rubato. Does it have like a time signature or is it no. just yeah, I think the tempo is changing all the time, so it's kind of hard to, to define. Hmm. Um, and, and that's like, and, and so we want to, we want to say that like the music that we want to put on our label is interesting, like from a technical level and as well as a, um, just a, just an aesthetic level where it, like it sounds nice to listen to and then you think about it more and more and it becomes like more engaging as you listen to it. Yeah, I uh, 
I officially, I guess, was introduced to you guys just a few months ago in October, but I'm sure mm. I've heard both of your names, and I think that one of you at least said that you had heard my name before. When yeah, I, when it first yeah, started, I am. Um, just fascinating. My friend Chris, he was like, "Dude, you have to hear my friend's music." Oh yeah, Mayplex Monk. You have to check him out. <laughs> and um, and he, and he, he told me that like five times. He's like, I'm gonna hook you two guys up, and he never did because he's he was always running he's around with like a, like a spaced out or taking care of kids, and yeah, yeah, he's so Stuff busy. Up. But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, and and you know, part of that is just a commentary on how everyone in Louisville knows somebody who knows somebody. Yeah, <laughs> but it's also really two degrees you know, it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. It's like two degrees, <laughs> but it's also awesome, you know, just to you know to having actually met you guys and. Just, you know, I was talking to you earlier about you've been doing the kind of stuff that you're doing for like 10 years now, which is, is fascinating to me as well. Like, yeah, how well, did you, how did you really get actually started? Actually, 2003 is when I released my first thing. So it's been like 14 years. 14 years, yeah. Wow. <laughs> how did you, how did you get started? Like, how did you release your first thing? So um, I, I didn't actually really release anything until about five years ago. But I've been making music since '03. Um, I listened to like a lot of electronic music when I was in high school. It was just like I, I was always jumping around from different genres, trying to find interesting things. And that, and then I fell on that, and it was just like I, that's all I listened to for forever. And um, a lot of my friends were into it, and they started making it. I was really inspired by them. So within like a month or two, I was you know, like pirating programs as like a six, as an 18 year old kid and like, uh, recording. Did you get Fruity Loops? Yeah. Fruity Loops 3.56. Very specific version because <laughs> it has the quantize effect in it. Uh, <laughs> and, um, cool edit pro 2.0. And I just like, I yeah, use those two programs to make everything for forever. And then I switched to Ableton hmm. when I, um, pretty much realized there was nothing else I could do in Fruity Loops. How long ago did you get into Ableton? Um, that was 07. Okay. Yeah. How long do you feel like it took you to learn Ableton to the point where you could be productive with it? I released three really crappy albums and then I was like, okay, I got this. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to do those three albums? Um, uh, three months. Okay. <laughs> um, in, in 2009, I released, uh, um, seven albums. An EP or, or something like what? that. What? What? I don't even remember how many. It was. It was. It was absurd. And I was like, "Why do I keep making music? I, I need <laughs> to just go to bed." <laughs> what was your professional name that you released those under? Or? Everything I release is under Albinotron. Albinotron. I'm on um uh, one kind of independent um uh, record label, like a net label. They're called uh, the Hard Vapor Resistance Front. Central Command. <laughs> That's an epic name. Yeah, and they're an offshoot of uh, the subgenre of vaporwave, which is kind of this atmospheric, esoteric, uh, like ambient music for elevators. <laughs> <laughs> elevators and, and of the future. It, you know, I, I I like some of it, but I kind of don't don't like a lot of it too. I mean, like it's just like it's like any music genre. It's like. It's kind of like overblown, I think, at this point. Like it's kind of, I think everyone who originally got into it thinks it's dying out too. Oh man! And but one of the guys who was big in it created this idea of like the antithesis of vaporwave, which is kind of like this like Ukrainian rave dungeon where like everything is like 
violent and and unpleasing and unesthetic and <laughs> and 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 my friend Alex who uh, makes vaporwave uh, his he goes by the name Mesh N M E S H he's a uh, actually pretty big in the scene big vaporwave um he did dream sequence and new wave hallucinations which are two kind of like pivotal classics of the genre nice and um and he he emailed me one day and he's like you know man the sound, the sound, this hard vapor sound, this this grimy noise, it's it sounds right up your alley. And I was like, you're right. And so I did two albums, and they got released on that label. When was that? Um, I want to say it was like 14 and 15, 2014, okay. 2015. All right, starting to see a timeline. Yeah, like um, I, I'd actually tried to stop making really really heavy music at that point because like. But then I went through my divorce, and I was like, ah, screw it. You know, work out some anger, make some heavy music. <laughs> so, so you guys were, you know, have both gone through some uh, relationship stuff to get to where you are now. Do you think that that Happy was a twenty seventeen? Do you think that that was a vital or pivotal, you know, part, you know, point that needed to Absolutely. happen? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that. Um, well, it, it. May I? Yeah, go for it. It's really hard to do what you love to do when someone laughs at you. Yeah. And support. Right. We need support and encouragement. We're artists. That's kind of one of the things that helps us develop and grow. And when there's so many people, you know, rappers talk about all the haters at the beginning (laughs) that you ain't ever going to make it. And then you make it and they're like, oh. Yeah, congratulations. It's like, no. <laughs> why didn't you have the faith in me to begin with? But at the same time, I think a lot of inspiration is gained from these pivotal heartbreak moments. I mean, hell, there was a entire romantic movement based on all these emotions and constructing them into orchestrations and how that made you feel. Of course, I'm not from and the poetry. 18th. And, and poetry, and yeah, literature. it's everywhere. It's, everywhere. it's in everything. <laughs> it's everything. We have this, like, idea of what love is, and it's pretty much the same as it was about 300 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and that needs to change, <laughs> I think. But, we've, I mean, we just keep making art about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, again... Like, um, love is one of those things that inspires creativity, unfortunately, and fortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say it's mostly fortunately. Yeah. Did you have a track that you wanted to play? For? So I'm going to play um, what I think is Matt's favorite song on the album, which is called Soundwave Fights Megatron. It is. It is.
I, I don't I don't take myself very seriously as an artist. Like, um, unfortunately, taking myself way too serious as a <laughs> as an artist. I, I, which of those do you think is the, is the right. most efficient or the easier of the two like methods to create art? Um, Both. Yeah, yeah. Both. Yeah. Like, cause I'm um, sure it's very individual. Like he teaches me things and I teach him things. I, I teach him how to let things go. Like, like, like. Yeah. Here's, a, here's, a, here's the thing. Like, um, some some of the most beautiful and amazing recordings ever in history have imperfections in them. Um, in one of the bars of Hey Jude, Paul McCartney says shit because he plays the wrong note and it's audible <laughs> in in the track. But it's okay. It, it adds a character to the song sure. and it makes it and, and, and reminds you that these things are made by people and not just like these perfect things that are created in a vacuum. So you guys want to share with people that they can check out stuff yeah. that you already have out there? Yeah, sure. It's uh, my, my earlier stuff, um, which is... Uh, very very weird so, um, <laughs> is at albinotron.bandcamp.com and there are links to the hard vapor stuff I did through there um, like I don't host that on my stuff because I technically you know I gave that to that label to to play on there and I'll just like provide a link from my bandcamp to it same with the stuff that I've released on infinite sync um, which is um, infinite sync studios dot bandcamp dot com. Mm-hmm. What about you? Links? Uh, he's pretty much covered other links. If you wanna, oh, follow um, me on Instagram. What What are you on Instagram? Instagram, Mister Devois. How's that spelled again? It is spelled <laughs> M R period D V W A H. Is it at M R period D V W A H? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I'm just Twitter, at Albinotron. Twitter. I love it. So I've been here with Albinotron and Devois, and we've been having some amazing conversations about the past and the present and the future. I'm excited to hear a lot of stuff that I haven't heard from you guys and from some of the people that we've talked about that I haven't heard of. So lots of stuff for me is looking good in the future, which I'm really excited about. This has been an episode of Philosophical Grandeur that we have been recording here in Louisville, Kentucky. We are trying to support, you know, as many local artists and musicians and creative individuals and groups as we can. I think we share that uh, that vision and that view of, you know, hopeful progression and production as we go forward. So it's been great talking with you guys again. For sure. Thank yeah, yeah, for, it's been awesome. Thanks, Any uh, last words? Sorry, I'm breathing into the mic all day. It'll <laughs> happen. Any last words, guys? The That's way you can contact us is... Oh, the interloopers at gmail.com. T-H-E-I-N-T-E-R-L-O-O-P-E-R-S at gmail.com. Or just drop us a DM on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. So, you. Matt Sisk, well, Matt DeVore on Facebook, Instagram, Matt Twitter. Matthew Sisk, Matthew DeVore. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, this is Maple and Matt and Matt signing off. We'll talk to you guys soon. See you later. See y'all.